0: Alright ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the new episode of The Block Podcast. You're yeah. home for all things basketball and sports in general. I'm your host, Mark Devney, and joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Youper, Patrick Merkel. Hey guys, currently watching some Red Sox right now, so let's go. The ben and Tandy's
1: gonna hit a walk-off. The one and only Youper? Yeah, you're just a
0: guest on here, yeah, don't forget one. that. I feel insulted. And we also have our other member of the squad here today. His name is Garrett Jones. Yeah, one adjective doesn't really fit me. so That's okay. <laughs> it's okay, man. And if you guys didn't know already, we're just three different roommates that go to the greatest school in the country, Michigan State University. Love sports and everything about it, and we just wanted a way to talk about it. But today is a very special day because we have our very first guest on our show, and his name is Marco Severin.
1: Room Woo! number four, who knows <laughs> very little about sports.
0: Very little. We appreciate his company, though. Okay, so anyways, it's our second official episode, and this will eventually be up on SoundCloud, which the page is called At The Block Pod, so make sure you go like, subscribe, rate us, do whatever it is, comment what you want to see, or what you want to hear from us to talk about, and we're just really excited to talk about some of the best storylines in sports, and it can be anything from an awesome NBA story to... What we did last week, or whatever it is, so make sure we will be posting this link on our each respective Facebook pages. So make sure you send us that friend request and enjoy the show. That'll so be on my
2: LinkedIn, actually,
0: yeah, we'll just post <laughs> it pretty much every social media, MySpace, so, yeah, definitely MySpace. I will be making an account for that. Find anyway. me on Tumblr. All right, boys, let's just jump right into it on our first. The first topic we have um, with recently with JJ Reddit coming out and saying that he was impressed with the North Carolina win. However, the big topic at hand that he brought up was student-athletes should be paid, and scholarships don't count. It's a really hot topic, especially with... I know we've talked about this before, and we each have our respective opinions on it, but i just like to hear what everyone says, and we kind of go from there. And feel free to start, Merkel? I mean, oh, I, just, yeah, I just want... yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you, you know
1: my opinion on... And- the pay for play. Like, obviously, I don't think student athletes should be paid like paychecks for what they do. I mean, they're student athletes too. They're get, coming to school. They're getting put on scholarship. Uh, they have a chance to get a good education. But that being said, uh, one thing that I noticed was interesting was I believe the number was Roy Williams got a two hundred eighty-five thousand dollar bonus for winning na- the national championship game. Uh, that's quite a bit. That is a lot of uh, I'm not saying he doesn't put an effort, but he's not the one out there on the court. You know, he's not the one physically extolling mm-hmm. himself. Mentally, yeah, it's definitely a pretty big job to coach a national championship team, but he doesn't get to share any of that with his players. What do the players get? Like, absolutely nothing. Nothing, yeah. you know. They can get some endorsements. After they graduate from that, some will go on to the NBA, but really the players don't get a whole lot from that other than the chance to say that they were a national champion.
0: Right. It's like less than 1% of all college athletes end up going professional in their respective sports, whether it's like basketball, football, track and field, swimming, or whatever it is. So it's really hard, at least for me, to justify. Like I'm looking at ESPN um, reported by USA Today. came out with an article of showing each uh, respective conference's most highest paid coaches. I mean, for it's pretty much all football. Like the top fifteen, like Jim Harbaugh is definitely the the person that sticks mm-hmm. out, making nine million dollars. Probably the highest paid person in Michigan. Yeah, I he's would the assume. highest
3: paid public employee.
0: Yeah, so I mean, granted he's a good coach, but nine million dollars, and then debatable.
3: <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, compatible. it's it's
0: the point that he's making nine million dollars, but these kids that are sacrificing so much are making nothing except their, which their the argument is <clears throat> gear education.
2: I yeah, mean, they get well, a small stipend, all that small stuff. Uh, the NCAA values that at a monetary value of one hundred and twenty grand per full scholarship per year for their athletes. So, whether they're making their weekly paycheck or not, you know, they're graduating without debt, which 99% of college kids are not. Um, they've got food in their bellies. You know, I was just telling you guys I was eating ham out of a bag a few few hours ago. <laughs> so, to me, you know, I, I, I think this coin is not as 50-50 as you guys see it, but I'd love to hear from our guest, Marco Saverin.
3: I don't know. I, I'd say... I would argue that they should get paid. I mean, I've got an on campus job, a pretty good one, I make fifteen bucks an hour, right? Yeah, we to to flaunt that there, but tuition <laughs> tuition at Michigan State is what, twenty-five thousand dollars a year? Probably more because we're getting older too. Yeah, for me it's about
0: twenty-eight. Yeah. Okay.
3: But even Garrett is like out of state and he's We'll paid. say in state, twenty five a year, all right? Yeah. So I'm gonna do this. Twenty twenty-eight thousand dollars divided by fifteen. <laughs> I know. I'm it's, 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 it's doing my salary an hour, okay? It's 1,866 hours, okay? They would have to work 77 days to make, if they made $15 an hour,
2: 77 days straight. At 24 hours a day. At 24 hours a 24 day. 24 hours a day. Why not multiply that by 3 for an 8 hour workday?
3: Okay. I lost it. Anyways. <laughs> It's two hundred thirty-one. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to tell me though that these like let's go with let's go with basketball players. You're trying to tell me that they don't put in close to that two hundred
0: thirty-one days worth of work on and off the court. And that's even that's well, even more than just basketball players. Like, and that's only at fifteen dollars an hour. And that's yeah. I think
3: that's
2: undervaluing what they bring to the university. That's a very good point. And when you think about it on an hourly uh, income, you know but
1: is that saying that I don't spend 221 hours or whatever that was in the classroom I don't like studying th- you know like I spend just as much I'm sure all of us could say we spend just as much time studying or working on academics as they do with their athletics too yeah now, no
3: I'll agree with that but what I'm saying is well when we're people? when we're studying, we're helping ourselves when they're playing basketball. They're actively helping the university, but they are also helping themselves. Yes, but also the university.
0: Yeah, I think it. A lot of it comes down to like how much you value a scholarship, and like how much that goes towards. Because not like I, who I was talking to someone in the marketing office the other day about the way their scholarships are balanced for not just like basketball, but for like track and field or something like that with the Title IX stuff. The way it's incredibly odd, like, the way they do it. And not, and all, not all athletes are on scholarships. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're doing it for the love of whatever sport they're doing and for, I'm assuming, gear or whatever it is, the chance to do whatever, like I said. But it's how, in the end, it's how much you value that education. And if they're each person, it's like, let's just take football for an example. Each person that knows that they're good they're going to do as much as they can to make it to that next level. Whether it's the NFL in Canada, wherever it is, they're going to go and try play try to play pro ball somewhere. So they're going to put in that extra work outside of just practice and the mandatory weightlifting stuff in the film. So they they're going to do extra work, extra work in the gym or whatever it is, training in the off season or whatever. And then they have to go to these mandatory study hours go and wake up in the morning and do the same things we're doing. Maybe not as hard because of the the major or whatever it is, but they have to choose that major because
2: they're... if they chose right, I'm going to jump in here for a second because there's another way to think about this. We're th- comparing these athletes to regular students at Michigan State University, which is never going to be a real comparison. They're just in a different stratosphere as far as human beings. What if we compared them to, say people training for the olympics because a lot of these athletes do go on to compete in the olympics or qualify for that uh the price for olympic athletes to train with their personal training sessions that's got to be upwards of five ten grand a year not counting travel all all those all those other expenses um these guys have access to world-class doctors world-class weight rooms all the resources they could ever wish for Coaches that are getting paid millions of dollars, the best instruction, all for free because they were noticed out of high school for their talents. Um, and that's, that's a benefit in itself that we don't normally think about. So, if yeah. you guys have thought something
1: I think they definitely get a lot of external mm-hmm. benefits that we don't see. Like what you just said, they get access to world-class facilities. Like the football team's weight room is maybe ten times nicer than I am West. More than 10 times. More than 10 times nicer. So they, they're getting all these extra benefits, too, like that, that we don't have the opportunity to get. Um,
3: yeah. Oh, I, yeah, no, I totally would agree that they get above and beyond what the average student gets. But then again, I'll argue because, they're again, they're bringing in more. Because without, without MSU football, without MSU basketball, there is no MSU hockey. There is no MSU baseball. There is no MSU volleyball. Because mm-hmm. those,
0: those two sports... Pay for everything else because those are the only two sports that post a profit. Yeah, that's what it really comes down to because Title Nine doesn't mean shit if the team isn't as big as it is and drawing in all these sponsorships and whatever it is, and they get all this gear because Nike. They're what I don't know how their deal is structured with their with Nike or whatever, but they like you were saying they get all these extra benefits, but they do that to so they don't have to pay the players. Like that's they su- they subsidize their pay with a jacket, like which I'm sure they're really happy to have. Like there's like really expensive mm-hmm. stuff like three hundred dollars or whatever it is, but I think they would rather have that if it's fifteen dollars. If it's a minimum wage, I think they'd be happy with that just because of the amount of time that they sacrifice to do what they love. But then I mean, there was a documentary Adrian Foster was talking about. How he got back from a bowl game and didn't have any money to go and get food, and he was hungry and he was off campus, so he didn't have he didn't couldn't like drive cause he didn't have a car he go to like campus to get food or whatever it is like they just don't have they and they're winning bowl games and championships and whatever it is, and they don't have just nine dollars to go get some fast food or whatever so that's what it really I think it comes down to they just how much do they value education too
2: so I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I, I don't think this issue has to be polarized. There has to be some kind of middle ground in terms yeah, of... Definitely, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely. There's all kinds of different well, variables. We, but we saw it with uh, good old Shabazz after that national
1: championship team. He was complaining about like kind of what you just said, like being hungry and ha- having to stay up all night just to try to get a, get a free meal. And then after that, the NCAA came out, I believe, and get, granted student athletes meal plans. Yeah. I believe. So all, every student athlete does get a meal plan, mm-hmm. I do believe.
0: Yeah. They they get a meal plan. They get a small stipend, I remember. I think I was reading something about some player used – it was actually from a, a kid that goes to North Carolina State, and he plays on their football team, and he went to um, somewhere in Africa for his spring break trip and used his money from his stipend to – to pay for the flight, essentially. So, I mean, they get some stuff, but, I mean, I think we can all kind of agree. There's, even though we have differing opinions on how they should be compensated, if it's money, if it's whatever it is, a bigger stipend, or, I don't know. It's hard hard to tell, because it's really, is it, you just make them state employees, and they have to pay taxes and stuff, or do they give, like, a like
2: $3,000 or whatever. I don't even know how mm-hmm. it works. So, let's not kid ourselves here though. Disposable income is not really a a thing for I'd say 95% of college kids. Yeah. Their Retweet. Money- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's
1: not like it's not like we have money to spend around that they don't.
0: Right. You yeah, know, that's like, good we're point. all
1: in the same boat.
0: Yeah. But you, it's hard you couldn't tell I don't know. Miles Bridges, hey bud, if you need money, you should go to get a job too. Like, you de- how are you gonna, how is he gonna fit in? Even if it's not him, if it's, I think his name's Connor George, that kid from Lansing. Like, he's still putting the same amount of work, supposed to do the same stuff that Miles does, has to go to classes and expected to get up like a good education here because he's not on scholarship. He's a walk on. Yeah. So yeah. He's, So he has to prioritize education and then has to do all the extra stuff. And then he's, I need money, even though he probably has money, because he's from the area. Mm-hmm. But how he's, there's no way in hell he's gonna be able to fit in, a, even if he's working like three days a week or two days a week at five hours. That's unrealistic.
3: I guess, I guess, like another component of this that doesn't get a lot of attention is just if you're a student athlete. There's a social component of like you getting a calf job, right? You would never expect to see someone like Miles Bridges working in the calf. It's just it, there's a social stigma to it, right?
0: I don't even know any athlete. I don't like. They're out there. That yeah, are I'm the sure gym that, and yeah, stuff, but, that's good. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, that's true. There are a lot at the gym, like David, the
0: walk-on. Oh yeah, He's he did work out IM West. Yeah, that was. I did remember seeing him. I mean, I guess that kind of transitions us. I just saw on Instagram actually, University of Central Florida is planning to build this massive like lazy river thing yeah and it's to help them like recover or whatever it is <laughs> but I, th- I guess we were, we we're kind of already talking about this but does that is that for an athlete when you hear like if you if you're planning to go there if you're playing or you're playing there right now like is that worth not getting paid like would you rather have these like they already have world class facilities I don't care where you go you're gonna have better facilities than the average athlete does. Is that worth not getting paid to have this lazy river, I guess, or like upgraded fields or locker rooms or whatever? Like, is that gonna help them? Like, is that just uh, a way to mm. just keep glossing over the fact that these guys aren't getting, guys and
2: girls, excuse me, aren't getting paid? Well,
0: I'm gonna go, go ahead, Garrett.
2: Yeah, I mean, the little lazy river <laughs> things, like. It's literally a lazy river. Uh- <laughs> All, all these shiny new toys that these schools are building is just the t- few separation of degrees that they can get from another school. And mm-hmm. they don't build them for the actual student-athletes that are there at the time. They build them to get the recruit down the yeah, road. Yeah, that's true. Because that lazy river is going to be outdated in five years, and you're going to have to build a water slide. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it never, it never ends.
0: Yeah, the water slide definitely going to help them repair those uh, hamstring injuries. Okay, but just, just being realistic here. I don't care how
1: nice your facilities are at UCF. Which player... Trying to go to the pros is going to go to UCF. The, who's the last NFL player that they had
0: drafted? Blake hey Bortles. No. Hey now. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Didn't they have like a?
2: Didn't they lose That's all their, their games 10. one season,
0: regular season?
2: Yeah, like What's two, that, year, like two yeah. years ago. They're on the up and up and coming. Scott I mean, Frost, my boys, Matt English. You you out there? <laughs> <laughs> I got you there. I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on Central Florida, but it's like,
1: if you have the opportunity, if you're going down to facilities... Taco. Yeah, yeah. Taco Fall. Oh, good old 7-6 yeah. seven, six, seven, six center there. Dang. He's going to need to enjoy that lazy river. I'm going to yeah, no just doubt. say that. That guy carried that team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about which facilities are better... Why not go to Clemson? They have an indoor beach volleyball court and a barber shop, which I don't understand. The barber shop because if they're those barbers aren't getting paid, uh, that's an NCAA impermissible benefit. Check that out. Are they students? The barbers? Yeah. No, they are. They are hired barber. Professional barbers, from what I understand.
3: Straight up, if we had a barbershop on campus, that'd definitely be a huge decision maker. I
0: know. Mm-hmm. Oh man! If I knew I could get my hair cut, especially <laughs> as an athlete, every week. I'm just saying, <laughs> just, just saying, Hoosiers had that sign: Friday Win, Free
1: Saturday Trim. That whole team would have been disqualified by NCAA rules oh, for yeah, their first freshman so, season of college. I didn't even think so, about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll just. What do you guys think is the first step for? All universities across, even the smallest school to the biggest school, is it only Division One athletes getting paid, or is it all college athletes getting paid, even small D three people, or is it like what's the first step for you that you think the NCAA needs to take in order to resolve this issue? Because it's going to be until they address it, it's this is going to be an argument for. I don't know. It's been an argument for
2: a very long time as it is. So well, is. I've, I've got a little little narrative here to jump in just to play devil's advocate. Um, I've got a buddy with a buddy, because that's always a good story, right, who played baseball at Kalamazoo uh, Community College. And it was not just the baseball team, but almost all of athletics got hit hard with a hammer as a D3 school for giving out um, too many benefits as a D3 school to these kids. Um, <clears throat> and it's just funny, because a lot of these D3, D2s are not state schools, so they're not getting any funding from yeah, the state. Usually private, they're right? They're private. Yeah. And, um, tuition there at K College was upwards of fifty grand a year. Yeah, it is. So, it's, and it's really small, too, which is crazy. Yeah. So these kids that don't make it on the big-time D1 schools with state funding are choosing between giving up the game they love for the rest of their life, or taking on huge amounts of debt. Um, So I don't think you can just think of it as a D1 thing. Yeah, Um, But it's hard to say. Absolutely. I agree with that.
1: Um, One of some – a player from Marco and I, Marco in my hometown, uh, he's going to Northern for basketball, Northern Michigan. And uh, I was talking to his dad over winter break, and he said that This player was concerned more about which school was going to give him the most money, as opposed to where he'd be getting the most playing time. So that definitely plays a role,
0: even at like Division two athletics Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think once you get to like smaller like levels of athletics, the education obviously takes priority because that's what's going to take you like farther. Like I remember, I think I was listening to a podcast on uh MLS which is major league soccer and when it was first starting when they were first recruiting their initial draft class for the league so back in like 94 or something they're just pulling these random college kids out to go and train with this like residency program in Bradenton and people like were going to UCLA and stuff and colleges that were like had top notch educations and they would refuse to go pro Just because at that time, I mean, granted, these kids were going to get paid, like, nothing. Like, maybe mm $10,000 or probably less. But that, I mean, I guess it's a time change that education is, I don't know what it is, but it's crazy. But I don't know any, Marco, what do you have to say on this? Well, I
3: I guess you got to look at a lot of these kids who are coming to play college sports. And I shouldn't say a lot, but there are the few, or at least I'd say a decent majority, maybe, who are coming that don't really have, like, sports was their outlet. Like, this is how they came to college, was through mm-hmm. sports, right? And if it wasn't for that scholarship, would they be coming to, like, a college like Michigan State or, like, University of Michigan? Because,
0: like, could they afford it? Yeah. so I think you have to really install to some of these kids, especially that they're, they want to be pro, but there's just no chance that they're going to be. They're, like, third-string players, but they came here, like you said, Because sports was their outlet and they were good at sports, so that's all they did. They didn't do anything in high school, so you just have to stress to everybody that, like, if not many of you are gonna go pro, which I'm sure they do, they already tell them that it's like less than one percent or whatever. You just have to like this is important. Education is important. You have to focus on your athletics as well, and but you also have to understand that like you can't if you want to make it in this world. You can't just get by taking, I think, the mo- one of the most popular majors for athletes, at least football players, I believe is media and information in the College of Com- Communication Arts here at Michigan State. And being someone in that college and looking at that major, it's probably the easiest thing you can imagine. It's like they, there's 400-level classes, but from what I've been doing like ratings and stuff on, it's they're the they're like blow off classes, so it's like the filler major. But they have to understand like if they're not going to go pro, which most of them aren't, like you got to choose something that you can balance your time with athletics and your education. So
2: yeah, I, that that's true. Like there are the football basketball guys who don't take their education seriously or don't take a real classes whether they have time or not to is another topic of discussion. But um, you know I think. If we look at our own education, um, there's this huge emphasis now on group projects and team projects. I think Harvard Business School is all uh, like in the group project mode. Um, and that's the future of business in the world is this collaboration. Mm-hmm. And if, I, if I'm an employer and I'm looking at you know the frat jock with the 2.6 GPA or the backup linebacker on the Michigan State football team, both maybe didn't take their education seriously. I'm probably taking the guy with the work ethic who played Division One sports, yeah. because he knows how to function in an atmosphere where he's not the big dog on campus. You know, he's got to work in in a locker room, in a team environment with other people and take orders. Um, so I, I I don't have the numbers on hand, but I think the employment rate of graduating student athletes is, is pretty high up there. Yeah, I. I think we were talking about
0: this last time too, but, and to your point, I think you're totally right. Like someone that even like, let's say that frat dude had like an internship, like one or one internship and like a full-time job at one point. But I would still take that athlete just because of that work ethic, like you're saying. But then it comes down to like, let's say there's a basketball player who has a good GPA like, probably, let's just say, like, a 3-4. So that can pretty much get you into... He'll get you in the conversation for any job. Mm-hmm. And and he has that... he I play Division one basketball, and I have... But I don't really have any internships or, like, job experience because all this... Like, during the summer, he's training or whatever it is. But then you have someone else that has a, the same GPA but then has two internships and had, like, a full-time job at one point and, like, clubs because... He has time to do that. Who do you take? Like, do you value, like you were saying, that work ethic? Or do you end up still taking this person that had the same GPA but had the two internships so they had prior experience doing whatever, even if it wasn't related to their field that they're applying to? I just, yeah. I just feel bad for some of these guys that, and girls that lose out to some of these people that, like, including us. I mean, I would say I'm in that conversation for some people with some athletes, like, how I, they're spending all this time out where they could be getting these internships. They could be working. They could be
2: in these clubs that are going to yeah, help. Yeah, that's true. By tangibles, um, maybe they don't stack up. But, you know, if you go, you go to small town USA, you go across Michigan, and you walk into business with a Michigan State flag flying in the door, you know, good luck convincing that person not to hire a Michigan State student athlete because they're going to support their own. Maybe they won't get the big Boeing internship out of college like the guy with three intern, like with three uh, part-time inter- internships, but they will get their foot in the door, and that's really all it takes in this world is to climb the ladder. Is just get get a chance, um, you know, and and put your time in. You know, that's what sports were all about. You learn that, at, you know, you come in as a freshman, you got to prove yourself, and all it takes is you know taking advantage of your opportunities. And I think uh, sports definitely open up your opportunities in the real world beyond graduation. So that's that's, just, that's my two cents. Yeah, I agree, I, I
3: agree wholeheartedly right there. But
1: like you were saying, that goes off to a, like, which company do you choose. That goes into a whole other organizational type of ethics deal. And I, I don't know if we want to touch on touch on that one right there. That's a
0: pretty, there's, yeah. pretty intense topic. There's, there's so, much, so much corruption in this whole – if it's the NCAA, area, it's like the workforce too. It doesn't matter. We are going to take a little quick break. Uh, the next segment is about the NCAA and the air of one and dons and what the NCAA should do to change the rule or just keep it the same. But first, we're going to play a little bit of Drake for you. Enjoy and get ready for the next segment, starting with Gary Jones.
2: Yeah. Well, it's just sad because I think it never used to be a question of is it worth it or is it not? Now it's a question of am I ready or am I not? And back to what we were talking about before, what's the emphasis in the NBA? It's definitely not defense. It's definitely not fundamentals. You know, it's can you make the flashy plays? So a lot of these guys were ready for the NBA when they were 17 in terms of flashiness and size and strength. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and they know it. Everyone knows it. Deontay Davis knows it. Miles Bridges knows it. And it's just hard, um, you know, when you're 14 and you feel like you're training your whole life to be a part of that business. To say, oh man, it's right on the other side of the rainbow. All I got to do is get an agent. And then I'll have that meal that I can't afford. I can go to Wendy's whenever I want. You know? I don't know.
1: I I think, okay. So, the one and done rule, if the NCAA... Wants to put the best product on the court and make more money, which we all know they want to do, they need to institute or they need to get rid of the one and done rule. That's my hot take. Here's why you have teams such as Kentucky. They're churning out five star recruits into the NBA draft like clockwork. They're throwing out five, they're losing four or five players this year. Yeah, they have the, they have five five star recruits coming in. They're all in the top twenty on ESPN and two four seven and Scout. For the best way for the NCAA to level the playing field, pay hey, their players is <laughs> to institute a two in, or a two year rule, like football. I think yeah, football's two years. Fo- right? Football, I think, is an age limit. I believe oh, it's Twenty. It 20 I believe it's twenty. Okay. So anyway, if the NCAA institutes a two year rule, let's think about this. All these five stars that went to Kentucky this year, so Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, uh, Bam Adebayo, they're staying. These five stars that Calipari went to sign to replace them, they have to go other places. So then you're looking at Carolina, Texas, Kansas, Michigan State, all these other blue blood programs. But then eventually, that also means that here at Michigan State, with our top recruiting class, all four of them are staying with the two-year rule. And we don't sign some of these guys. So we don't sign some of them. So they're going to be going to other schools as well and getting more competition, making the tournament better. And it's already amazing. So why not get more money at NCAA? Don't at me, Mark Emmett.
0: Hot take right there, Margo. Hot
3: take. Margo. I'll bring this full circle and saying if you want to get kids to stay longer, well, I think instead of bring it full circle, pay them. Give him, give him more than a scholarship and a stipend. and so cool. Something I mean, like the,
0: he's, yeah. and that's why Deontay Davis left. Like, his family was too poor to live on. Allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, we don't know. We, don't, mean, know there, yeah, yeah, we yeah. don't know his family. Yeah, We don't know his family. We don't know his situation. But allegedly, from reports and wherever it is, they just, like, couldn't live on their what they
2: have. And Well, having Deontay you know, go to pro. Everyone's fighting their own battle. Right, so. Everyone's fighting their own battle. That, you know, that's a good point. Deontay's neighbors are living in the same poverty that he was. You know, he, they, God gifted them with a seven-foot son. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that money's not going anywhere. You don't have to chase it. Um, I like Merkel's take, you know, trickle-down effect of loyalty. Every, everyone loves guys that you can get around. And the guy, when you stay for more than a year, you know, the fan base just grows because name recognition is everything in this game. When there's star power... The whole the whole campus comes out, and they'll know everybody. That's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, so
0: I know the NBA is trying to remodel the D-League, and they're calling it the Drew League now, or the D-League or something like that. And it's giving – they're opening up the potential opportunity for these kids out of high school that think they're ready for the pros instead of, like like – Emmanuel Moutier, he went to China to play for one year because his grades or whatever were just not garbage. A, I don't
1: even know if it was just grades. Like,
0: or, he the, Okay,
1: he the made NCAA, them, yeah.
0: he, could, he could hire a couple nerds, okay? It's yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not
1: that hard to fix grades.
0: Right. But. Um, but he made a cool mill, mill plus over in, in China and playing, I guess, decent basketball. I don't really know much about the Chinese basketball Mark, league. Did you just accuse the NCAA of corruption? Wow, shot. Hot take. That's a hot, hot take. Hot <laughs>
3: take. Do or
1: do, do or do not. I mean, don't at me NCAA. At Meek Merkel
0: on Twitter. Come at me. Anyways, is it? Do you guys think it's good on the NBA to open up the opportunity for these high school kids to go play in this developmental league instead of going to college? But they, so they get paid. They get paid a really low salary, like probably a rookie minimum in the D league, to go play basketball instead of going to college. Do you think that's a good? like a good opportunity for these kids or do you still like you said prefer them to come to college and potentially sacrifice a a paycheck to play some good teams and others really not really you just get a good coach really and free stuff okay
1: well i'm just going to i'm just looking at good old wikipedia my second favorite news source on the internet other than twitter uh the last Three players to go right from the NBA to high school before 2015 and before a thought maker. Amir Johnson, Andre Blatch, Lou Williams. Okay? Where they went straight from high school? Went straight from high school in 2005. That was the year they stopped Yeah, it. they stopped it in 2005. Oh, I didn't know that. That year they Why? had one, two, three, four. You look at Wikipedia? It's, they, dude, had, it's a they, had, it? they had nine, not uh, incredible. Nine stuff. high school players were drafted in 2005. Uh, off the top of my head, I can name one. Six are still in the NBA. Uh, the others flamed out pretty quickly, I believe. So, going to like just be, just going out of high school, I think looking at it, the success rate is pretty low from just that 2005 draft class. I mean, of course, you're going to have your players like LeBron, but then you also have, for every LeBron, you're probably going to have one or two Kwame Browns, Mr. Glorified Scrub. Oh, my. Uh, so, I don't know. I don't think the NBA should offer that, really, I think. Kwame. Kwame Brown. Uh, I think going out of high school is problematic because um, at least going to college, you learn some other skills. You know, You learn how to manage your money a little bit. You learn... Pay him. Um, wow. okay. Hashtag wow. pay em. <laughs> Hashtag rise up. <laughs> Not on either of those hashtags, but um, you learn how to pay him a little bit. Or nah, you learn how to uh, stick with your money a little bit. You learn some other social skills. So what happens if these players go to the Drew League or whatever it is, pull a good old Sean Livingston and destroy your knee? Yeah. What happens then? RIP Sean Livingston. Also another guy that was drafted out of high school. Yeah. Still playing, by the way. I thought
0: he went to Louisville. Nope. That was Sebastian Keltzer, signed uh, with Louisville. Okay. Did not go. I I don't know. I mean, it really comes down to paying them. I know everything we've talked about is about how we think differently on how if they should get paid or not. But everything that happens or what's changing in each league, it's about pay, I think. Because they're only offering this because – some of these kids' families, they like, they just need a paycheck, and going to college is just ma- a mandatory rule for them. They don't value the education because they know they're going pro. Like Lon- I, Lonzo Ball knew he was going pro. I highly doubt that when his NBA career is over or his overseas career is over, he's going back to UCLA and finishing his three years there. Some, I, some, some players do that, but it's... I'll say it again. How much do you value the education over potentially getting a paycheck? But also, if you go to this D League, you play players, play different players that maybe were in college and then they believe they were good enough to go play in the NBA, but they're really good pros. Like, they, if they went back to college, they'd be really good college players. So you have maybe a level of competition that's higher. In college, because you're playing on a day-to-day basis, and I'm sure they play like four games a week or something like that. They're getting so many reps against so many good players, and then they have these NBA scouts looking at them every day. I, I so. honestly feel that the
1: competition would be better in the NCAA than this D-League, right away at least. There's It would take time. So you, I think that point would be kind of like, oh, you're not playing that high level of competition, honestly. So you know and the games are definitely going to be more intense in college than they are in this D League I believe cuz no one's going to, casual fans aren't going to care about a D League championship they're going to care more about the NCAA championship or the uh, or the NBA
0: championship that's just my my thought about it I mean
2: that makes sense Garrett, have any thoughts on it yeah i mean a lot of thoughts but hard to organize them because i think the whole thing is a sham A League is a joke <laughs> Uh, you know, let them, let them go pro, let them screw up at age 18. If they're good enough, they'll make it. You know, um, but the other thing you have to remember is these guys don't know how to manage their money, and going going, going pro is not a viable lifetime long-term option for steady income. Allen Iverson is broke. Um, I just saw him this week on a minor league baseball commercial saying, we talking about Parkin? Or it was for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, We talking way. about Parkin? Like, this dude has nothing to do with the Atlanta Braves. He just needs a little bit of money in his pocket because he blew it all. Great, One of the greatest players of all time, Hall of Famer. You know, he, he got in the class with Tom Izzo. Um, shout out Iron Mountain, Michigan. Whoa! For the few people with internet up there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, the disrespect,
3: and yeah. In here. But,
2: yeah. But it all comes down to... The, the age old thing is nobody can take your education and your knowledge away from you. So if your mom says go pro, she probably doesn't have your best interest in mind. She has her best interest in mind.
3: I don't know about that. I think your parents have always have the best interest in your mind. But I, I mean, I do understand what you're saying is there's a lot more riding on these kids than just getting to a good college, play good be- college,
1: yeah. college basketball. You know, if there's. I, I get what you're saying, but kind of on like the money management standpoint too. I know like Coach Cal uh, is trying to get I, he may have gotten it like he's gotten trying to get a class going for his, for his uh, first players about like a money management and like how to handle your money and stuff like that because a lot of players like this you know it deals with how, how they were raised too like there a lot of them aren't used to having money honestly like we know we talked about Deontay so it's like that would. And you see it all the time. You see players that want to go buy their mama house, buy their mama car, buy a fancy car, buy fancy chains, fancy jewelry, fancy clothes, and like your signing bonus doesn't last that long with that. Like your yeah. signing bonus is mm-hmm. only like two hundred fifty grand, I think, right away. I mean, that's a lot of money, but when you're spending it, in, you know, yeah, in the short it, term, it's it's gone pretty quick yeah. after yeah. an agent, after buying a house and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, your your agent gets ten percent, so yeah. which highway robbery? <laughs> I mean, for as much as they do, they have to handle all their PR and everything too, and Man. and negotiate their contract. All you so. need in today's age is a Twitter handle. <laughs> you can manage your own PR. Okay. Well,
2: Sometimes that turns out to a, to be a little bit of a disaster. Shout right out Twitter. This man needs a summer job. <laughs> <laughs> he's hiring. He has really good personal skills. He just got laid off his fifteen dollars an hour.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did find that was happening, but that's. And he's not that
0: bad. With women. Sorry, Marco's mom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she, she won't listen to this. <laughs> She won't know. Well, when you're special guest, wow. Yeah. Rude.
0: We brought you on to bring in good insight, and that's what you say about this. We're yeah, losing we're audience. <laughs> my, mom, my mom can't even handle
3: an iPhone. You think she can go on SoundCloud? No. Totally. Hey, your mom's in, your mom's very
0: intelligent. <laughs> She's so nice. Oh, of course, I love her greatly. Get <laughs> me <You're> wrong. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna. It's not on the what we are planning on talking about, oh, but no. Garrett brought this up earlier about how he hates LeVar Ball so much and that we literally just talked about personal branding and Big Baller brand. Yeah. yeah triple B. B. Triple B, big baller brand. So you wanna talk about someone who doesn't who has their own interests in mind Yeah. Be, it's it's yeah. I mean the this guy wants one billion dollars for the three LeBron games. James just signed a one billion lifetime deal with Nike. LeBron James Yeah and you want Lonzo like, dude I love Lonzo Ball. Like can't wait it, till he flames out the NBA. He for sure won't because everyone craps on him for his jumper. But who cares? The man. NBA as a league is already flamed out. corrupt I'd debate that, but <laughs> that's that's for a different day. But <laughs> all right, Garrett, I need to hear your opinion on Lavar Ball. Like, what what do you think about him saying these absolutely ludicrous things and hyping up Lonzo and his two other sons, Jello? Oh
2: god. I don't. Like, bl- I don't. I don't blame him. You know. I blame the sports world that scorned the man. He's obviously better than Jordan. He... he <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Two points again. No. Look, look. The guy lives in L.A., and ESPN is in shambles right now, so they oh, invite yeah. him into their studio, and they say, hey, say something stupid, and that's the best thing. That's his best talent right there. So no
0: it's, it's easy
2: money for them. It's easy clicks on the Internet. Um... Remember when I beat you like LeVar Ball would beat MJ? Yeah, well, I was, I was a gimp. My shot was off that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nobody should be talking about LeVar Ball. Get him off the air. Um, fake news. He is fake news. He is fake news. LeVar Ball is I mean, funny. he's less fake news than Donald Trump, but I won't politicize this podcast. So his <laughs> podcast.
0: Well, we Honestly, we're not, hey, we're not turning to ESPN here. They actually put on their guideline. I saw that they want to talk about more politics. Oh Jesus! ESPN is literally like is so much in shambles I hate watching Sports Center. It's terrible. Anyways, he's a shitty person. Merkel. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on him? Putting his sons in the big of brand and potentially like starting an NCAA investigation. <laughs> that just sounds just like shit, dude. He's, and the clothes suck. I looked on the, the website. Baller brand, thirty five dollars for a T shirt. Dude, this guy's making so much money too.
1: I'm just, I'm just saying. He just put a target on Lonzo's back before he even got to the league. He said he's better than Steph Curry, which I don't like Steph Curry. So yeah, yeah. go ahead and say that Lonzo can be better than Steph Curry. I don't care. Um, but, you know, now, like, okay, LaVar, okay, let's, how are you going to back up? Like, play Charles Barkley one-on-one. I bet you his fat ass will knock over your fat ass. <laughs> uh, that'll be a sight to behold. <laughs> Merkel body shot. Uh,
0: <laughs> Yo, Charles for sure deserves
1: it. LaVar <laughs> deserves it, too. I mean, there's that video of him playing basketball, and it's like, I could find someone at IM West better than him. Um...
2: <laughs> But, you know... The continent.
1: You heard it here first. Patrick J. Merkel challenges LeVar Ball 1v1. Yeah, honestly, I will play LeVar Ball one-on-one. He can't handle me in the post. So, just saying, LeVar, you average two points per game. You're seeing the bench at Washington State. Merkel wears Skechers. a Asics. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I averaged six in my JV basketball career never mind the fact we were 0-20 but I bet you I could beat you so there's my second hot take that's a, I, I, think,
0: dude, I think it's your third hot take you need to calm down bro You're, right, what the hell's a hot take I, this is just something controversial that's I not controversial. I would is... probably. you could probably beat him like exactly. a hot and ready
3: they're of. I keep thinking it's something from McDonald's breakfast menu a hot take a hot take, a hot take. Hot hot cake. Might... Cake. it's a hot
0: cake that's what I was thinking is a hot cake a pancake yeah. yeah, a hot king's I mean, a pancake. I don't feel stupid anymore. <laughs> Thanks for over. Oh, wait, wait. wait. Alright, so this isn't about any sports or anything, but is a hot dog a sandwich? Does
3: pineapple
2: belong on pizza? <laughs> yes. No. No.
3: <Yes>. A hot <laughs> no dog pineapple on <laughs> to pizza. Okay,
2: hot dog's on a sandwich, right? Blaze Pizza had pineapple listed as a vegetable the other day, so I'm pissed. It's a fruit! Oh. <laughs> even though it grows in the ground Talking about pineapple does not growing on the ground it grows yeah. in the no,
3: ground no
1: what no god it's, it's like
3: it's like a flowering thing it's like a, it looks like an agave plant and then you got so the it's a vegetable. pineapple on top yeah so it's a vegetable I actually have no does idea. that define it does the
1: pineapple have seeds
3: yeah no it? I, don't I don't know, know. it doesn't I don't know. Fruits, fruits have seeds. Fruits have Vegetables seeds. Vegetables don't.
2: Yeah. So, pineapple. Okay. I'm going to Google this. Let's, we'll get it Doesn't No, you guys sense. are dumb. Fruits always have little codeine things to protect them. Codeine? Codeine. 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 <laughs> yeah. Codeine. It makes them lean. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's why pineapple has all the little spikies on it. So, if it's a vegetable, then it makes
0: sense that pineapple belongs on pizza because you put veggies on pizza. Ah, ah. It
3: right? is a fruit.
0: It okay. is it's Still, it makes sense. Tomato's yeah. a fruit.
3: Chop a Markle, you're a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, Can't second bounce
0: that from that. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to the second official episode of The Block Podcast with Mark, Merkel, and Garrett. And thanks to our special guest, Marco Saverin. Uh, I will be posting this on SoundCloud and hopefully iTunes within this weekend. So make sure you go and once the link is up, go like subscribe rate it whatever it is go and comment on what you want to hear us talk about for the next time um unfortunately we didn't get to talk about everything we want we put down on the list but uh next time we'll be making the list a little bit shorter maybe going in depth a little more in some topics or whatever but let us know what you want to hear we're open to suggestions we're pretty new to this so like i said hit us up let us know what you want and uh have a nice day guys